Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Dish Yelter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Yo, it's Thursday, and we're all alive as far as I know, so that's a good thing, I reckon. Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific cupboard himself, Zelius. It is good to see you, sir. Indeed. It's good to be seen. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Thursday Night Hangout. This is a live show where we try our best to cover the topics that are most important to you during the show. Now, of course, if you haven't had a chance to submit your topic, your question, etc., cetera, uh, please do so in the chat window. Uh, if you're on Facebook, of course, if you're on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, because that's the three we're streaming on, like I said, chat room, it'll pop up. We'll add it to the um, to the conversation. Now, uh, we're going to try to cover as many topics as possible. If we do run out of time, we will uh, take that list and roll it over to the next week so without or we could really dive deep into some of the topics and then we don't get to all of them that too that could happen so many options all right so ladies and gentlemen right off the bat let's talk about the fact that we have a humongous convention that's going to be strictly virtual coming up this weekend that of course is blizzcon BlizzCon, the virtual convention, which yes. has been a thing pretty much forever anyways. I mean, I know you could go in person, but you also have the virtual option. Right, and, and this time, BlizzCon will be strictly virtual. There will not be a physical presence for it. Now, uh, that being said, uh, there have already been leaks of information about what is going to be revealed at BlizzCon, and most of it, it centers around World of Warcraft, of course. I thought it was going to be about Diablo Mobile. Sadly, no. I'm sorry, Zelius. I know it breaks your heart, but no Diablo Mobile for you. I mean, the last two years, that's all my heart's been set on is Diablo Mobile. Sure. Uh, so anyways, uh, so there's two bits of information. Actually, to be, uh, I guess, more specific, you have, there's one of the World of Warcraft uh, bits is about the, I guess, the, the uh, always updating World of Warcraft, and the other one is uh, Vanilla WoW or, or uh, Classic War- WoW. There it is, WoW Classic, Classic WoW. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, so uh, the first one uh, is the Shadowlands patch nine point one will include wow. a new zone that the jailer has pulled into the maw. Uh, there's going to be a new dungeon, a ten boss raid, uh, and see, I haven't, I haven't played World of Warcraft in forever, so I, this stuff is going Same. right over my head. But anyways. <laughs> Players will also have the chance to unite all four of the Shadowlands uh, Covenant factions and the ability to fly around the Shadowlands. How exciting. Now, Does it make you want to jump back into World of Warcraft? No. Oh. See, that the, the content was not the thing that stopped me from playing World of Warcraft. The fact that I just don't do well in, in that type of game is the reason why I do not go back into World of Warcraft. Watch this. Unfortunate and sad. Indeed. All right. So um, now for the Vanilla WoW or World Warcraft Classic or whatever you want to call it, um, they are going to do the Burning Crusade expansion, Uh, which, of course, means that once again, uh, players will be able to go through the Dark Portal into the Outlands. Uh, The players will also have the ability to create a new Blood Elf or Draenei characters. Uh, which, of course, were not introduced until the Burning Crusade. And now here comes the real curveball, okay? Uh, If you don't want to play uh, the classic WoW with the uh, Burning Crusade expansion, there is 
a um there are going to be new classic era servers added so that you can continue to play World of Warcraft without the first expansion. I mean, that's actually kind of cool. I was wondering how they're going to actually handle that situation of the rolling, basically, expansions. And effectively, eventually, it could have made Classic WoW, like, not really classic anymore, given enough expansions. Um, obviously, I mean, I look at it two ways. One, it sounds like a giant pain in the ass for Blizzard to keep up. Because yep. now they're basically keeping up really three games. Yep. The Vanilla, Burning Crusade, mm -hmm. um, and then obviously the... Shadowlands. Shadowlands, the yep. current version. Yep. Um, the second thing is, like, I get the idea behind keeping Classic WoW, but it seems like there comes a certain point where is there really anything left to do in Classic WoW? I mean, there's only so much content. That's why you had expansions. Um, so that's why I find kind of fascinating that they would actually, like, how long are they going to keep this classic version going along? Because I really wonder how many new players are just going to jump and be like, yeah, I don't even want the expansions. I want only classic WoW when they never played WoW before. Right. But but here's the thing. If if this is the method or approach they're going to take, um, are, are, are we going to see, like, I don't know, seven servers in a bit, uh, all with different versions of the game? Where I would... Uh, nah. We're going to do Classic WoW with only the Burning Crusade uh, expansion, but not the next one, or this and that. I mean, also, I don't know, Zelius, maybe you'd be, you you could look this up uh, during the show. What is, like, the population on one of these Classic WoW servers? I mean, it's got to be uh, big enough to warrant them keeping uh, another Classic Era server, right? I mean, that's a good question. Um, I really don't know. Hmm. Um, I, and I would imagine that I don't know that's a really good question um, but you would think that they wouldn't keep like seven different versions up it would be almost like you'd have the classic classic and then eventually you would have basically the rolling updates right and, um, and I mean let's remember that uh, that Activision basically holds the purse string so that's really why I'm, I'm curious to see what the population is on these classic wow servers because um, i don't think that activision is going to do something that uh, i'm sorry but i don't think activision is going to do anything that's going to benefit the player well i think the key thing is is because you still have a monthly subscription right and you basically look at it as long as that monthly subscription even subsidizes the cost of one classic server right um then i would guess they would keep it going that would be my guess and i also wonder how many players might have multiple subscriptions maybe one for classic classic vanilla and then the new classic with burning crusade for people who really die hard dude that is beyond hardcore and i i tip my hat to those individuals i will never get there uh yeah it's what happens when you become an adult you don't have time to have three active wow subscriptions yeah so of course you know blizzcon is happening this weekend um Go check it out on the website, uh, their website. I think it's BlizzCon. What is it? Uh, it's BlizzCon.com, right? Or uh, BlizzCon.com. That'd be yep. a correct guess, sir. So just check out all the, the, the details. Of course, I'm sure there's going to be some more stuff revealed. Like, uh, Oh, don't forget that the, the actual legitimate Diablo 2 remake is a real thing. Right. Um, done by a new team. I still think it's stupid, but whatever. Done by a new team. Uh, I, that's never worked on Diablo titles, but that's okay. And, uh, of course, I'm sure there's going to be some Overwatch stuff. 
Um, well, I think that's actually a good question is Overwatch 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because Blizzard's pretty much said that the current state of Overwatch is pretty much is what it is uh, without, Ouch. you know, re- release of new characters, maps, etc., which is troublesome, honestly. I mean, when you, I mean, you look at any online competitive game mm-hmm. and how do they keep the content fresh? Is right. you have new characters, new metas, new maps, new et cetera, et cetera. Um, so you wonder, are they going to be able to, like, I understand where they're coming from, mm-hmm. that you don't want to basically be maintaining the current Overwatch. You want to put those resources to Overwatch too. But are you going to lose so much of your current gamer player base with that gamble, basically, that you actually lose in the long run? So I think it's a gamble that, especially if I actually heard an Overwatch 2 release date. Hmm. I mean, it's not like it's next month or something. It's in the future. So that's, I would hope to hear something about Overwatch 2 because I'm still an Overwatch fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, obviously. So j- just at a, uh, uh, I'm pulling up this on the other monitor here. Uh, I was just looking to see what the, the current view uh, viewer tally is for, of course, Overwatch and then a game like Valorant, which has stolen a bunch of the uh, uh, the Overwatch pros. Uh, currently on Twitch, because that's where I could pull the stats up as, uh, the quickest, uh, Overwatch has 22,000, 22.2,000 viewers, uh, live viewers right now. Valorant has 129,000. So Valorant's got, what, that's six times? That, that's just a little bit of a difference. And then if you were to look at... Um, the the top actual individual channel you have uh 3000 viewers uh is the max for Overwatch and for Valorant it is 20,000 wow which is almost seven times the uh the amount so of course you now you have the new big indie game Valheim which is getting tops of the list yes yes um okay so we talked about BlizzCon uh of course the other news is that E3, of course, is going to happen, but only happen virtually, which has caused a little bit of a stir in uh, certain parts of uh, the gaming community. Mainly, you have a lot of developers and publishers um, and some uh, uh, former presidents of certain companies uh, coming out and saying that, yes, COVID-19 is basically... You know, screwed everything up. It's definitely uh, caused a reconstruction uh, or reconsideration of everything and of conventions and how we do them. But with E3 being such a more industry driving uh, or industry aimed convention, and a lot of it is, you know, showing stuff off at this convention on the floor and having people get a game in their hands, that having a, a strictly virtual E3 doesn't really work because yep. a lot of you can't build that buzz about that game that you had to sign the NDA for that's a, a non-disclosure agreement for those out there who don't know um which means that until this date I cannot talk about it um you know th- there's no hype there's no I mean yeah basically basically it's like a place where a bunch of uh, trailers that are that are going to be dropped off on YouTube in five more hours. You can watch now. I mean, that's 
What 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 else is E three going to be able to produce to you when it's strictly virtual? Yeah, I don't disagree. It's definitely some events are meant to be in person, um, and I would definitely agree. I think BlizzCon works virtual because it's one company, right? It's right. BlizzCon controls their content, and really, it was always about kind of the diehard Blizzard fans, anyways. So it works. Like for them, I think BlizzCon virtual will be fine. They'll do what they want. Yeah. But for E3, when you're pulling all these different companies who now have their own timelines, I mean, you probably they probably used to push to get to E3. Yeah. Uh, because it was such a big deal. But now, if you're a company, it's like, meh. Do we really care about E3? Probably not now. Well, um, think, at least why it's virtual. I, I think I think part of the problem is that, you know, like I said, you, you're not you don't have those people who have you know exclusive access to behind the scenes gameplay and. You can't really hype something up. Yes, of course, you could send out review copies to to publications or whatever. But you know, now that going that approach, you have all these different companies trying to basically inundate your your inbox if you're media uh, with play our game, play our game, play our game. Where you know, where media usually is just walking around the the floor the the exposition hall and going ooh that looks cool ooh that looks cool that sounds awesome let me check yeah. it out and now it's just kind of like you know like a faceless letter well it's also that in hardware because you used to show off I mean right now there's the big push for things like VR and hardware like that that is just hard to show virtually it's just oh, oh yeah yeah it's not the same um yeah it's it's unfortunate but I. But I also understand, I mean, it seems like E3 as a organization also doesn't want to lose that namesake and kind of lose what they built over the years. Didn't they shut it down for like a year or two? Or no, well, they, they switched models they, for a bit, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't, it didn't happen last year. Um, but did so any I, conventions really happen last year, though? Well, exactly. Um, <laughs> but that's probably, I'm guessing that's where they're coming from, is they also want to kind of hopefully be prepared then for hopefully mm -hmm. next year to actually be able to have in-person conventions again safely. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, we will see. Which, uh, by the way, just for those out there who are wondering, uh, as of right now, Momocon is set to actually happen at the end of May. Yeah, in, in person. Nice. But we'll see when it actually gets closer. Okay, since we talked about BlizzCon, we also talked about E3. Uh, there was, for those in the Nintendo circle, uh, there was a big event that happened yesterday. And that, of course, is Nintendo Direct. This is kind of their, it's not a monthly thing. I think it's more like a quarterly or, or twice a year type deal uh, where they basically have their own release party. Um, like, here we're going to give you a two-hour show and show you all this awesome stuff that you can look forward to in the future. Uh, so that happened yesterday and I'm not, I am not going to go down the entire list because it's a long list, but, but, uh, needless to say, it's an impressive list. And I just want to hit on a couple of the, uh, the different pieces that at least pertain to me or to my gaming family, which means my boys and me. Um, the first is it was announced the, the next characters that will be joining uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and that is Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Mm. Uh, they will be released for uh, as DLC next month, so March 2021. 
they will be the third together. They will make the third uh, character from the Xenoblade Chronicles two. Uh, the first being Shulk. Um, now this the the next announcement that they revealed. Um, okay, so there are like a couple games that Nintendo. Or really, Nintendo and SquareSoft, Square Enix, whatever, you know, formation. Square. Square, exactly. Uh, so, as you know, of my opinion about Chrono Trigger and the fact that there, it's on every single platform, uh, there's another game out there that is a huge fan favorite, but a little bit harder to find. Uh, and it was announced that Legend of Mana, or Mana, whatever, oh. however you want to pronounce it, is coming to the Switch. And the PlayStation 4. And Steam on June 24th of this year. But not the Xbox? Correct. Fascinating. It will in, there will be enhancements like remastered graphics, uh, the ability to toggle for inner, any ugh, enemy encounters, the Ring Ring Land minigame, and the ability to hear the original soundtrack or choose uh, a different version, like a more updated version. Hmm. That did is you actually very Se interesting. Did you play Secret of Mana back in the day? I, you know, I have to say that I was more of a uh, front seat passenger to Legend of Mana. I, I, I own it, and I played a little bit of it, but uh, it was it was watching my buddy play that I got to see the most of Legend of Mana. Ah, uh, um, gotcha. I never really, yeah, because I never really played RPGs or really JRPGs back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely never played it myself but I, I as you immediately noticed it was very interesting they said switch playstation 4 and yeah. steam and no xbox that's with no weird. xbox yeah mm. that is very weird now since we're on the remakes or re remasters whatever you want to call it let's talk about another one coming and this one has a bunch of people excited and that of course is the legend of zelda skyward store yeah, Skyward Sword HD is coming to the Switch. I saw that, yep. Uh, a lot of people... Um, and, and I'm going to say, I, I liked Skyward Sword uh, on the Wii. I just wasn't in love with the controls. Uh, so kind of... Mm. It, I kind of... You know, it, it, it was not the best it could be because I didn't like the controls. Um, but they're going to do uh, the HD remake and... For those who want to, they can do motion controls, which of course has been optimized for the Switch. And uh, you'll be controlling uh, your sword with your right Joy-Con and the left will be your shield. I hope that you could switch the two. I hope that, you know, there's a way, because to be really awkward for me, because I'm left-handed, yeah. to be like, oh shit, that's right, I'm swinging my shield again, damn it. Um, but the the funny thing to me is the HD moniker because some people would not consider 720p HD. You gotta be 1080p to be truly HD. All right, semantics, but um, uh, it is set reality. Whatever. Um, well, it's gotta be 4K then. Um, the game is set to be released uh, July 16th, 2021. Now, for those out there who are the true hardcore fans, this. There's going to be a version uh, that comes out that will be released with special Joy-Con controllers that are Zelda-themed uh, Joy-Cons, 
which is very interesting. I don't know if I'd buy it, but I, I would definitely take a look at it. Yeah, I think I saw it was to get both the new Zelda and the Joy Cons would be like $110. Like I said, looks very interesting. <laughs> but I don't know. And of course, there there is going to be a buttons only version if if that's the way you want to do it. You don't have to do the motion controls. Uh there were a lot there was I think they had to immediately placate uh the fears of those out there who have the switch light. Mm. You know, they don't oh, yeah. have the detachable Joy-Cons. It's it's one unit. So if you were to play it, because you did not enjoy the motion controls on mm -hmm. the original Wii, do you mm -hmm. think you just play with like the gamepad instead oh, yeah. of the Joy-Cons? Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. If when I, it's not if, but when I get this game, I'll be playing with the gamepad. Ah, there you go. So I've just you got know, you, you know, know where your standards are. Yeah, exactly. Look, I I like the motion controls, okay, but for some reason, the vast majority of the games I've played, when it comes with motion controls, just don't feel. They, they don't feel solid. It feels a little wonky. And that that really takes me out of the gaming experience. If you're going to give me motion controls where I've got to move and stuff, I want it to... I know it's almost impossible, but I want one-to-one, -one, okay? Well, my main problem with motion controls is usually if I'm playing in that form where I could use motion controls, it's because I'm in the comfort of like my couch or recliner. Right. right. And using motion controls, like when I'm kind of scrunched, like using a regular game pad is fine, but trying to do motion controls, like while you're laying down is just awkward. Yes. Um, yes it is. So a lot of games, like unless like basically playing like Wii sports or something where it's like intended for you to basically be standing and moving around. It's kind of like, eh. yep. Yep. So okay, so we we've we've covered a couple. Let's let's keep going on the list here of of highlights that I have um, uh, pointed out here. The next one is a free to play online shooter called Star Wars Hunters. Uh, mm -hmm. For those out there who are Star Wars fans, and they're like, okay, so when does this game take place? I can tell you, it's gonna it takes place between Episode six and Episode seven. Uh, it's there's no hard date for its release but they're saying it's going to be 2021 sometime this year. It will be available on the Switch, the App Store, uh, the, the Apple App Store, and Google Play. Uh, and of course, anytime that you have a, a game on the Switch that requires online, the first question that many people ask is, is Nintendo Switch online membership needed? And the answer Good is question. no, it is ah. not. So you can actually you can truly play it for free. There's no hidden like, oh, by the way, uh, you've already had to subscribe to this. I know you you downloaded it for free, but you can't actually play it for free. Well, that's the thing. Like on the PS5, it's any if a game is free to play, mm -hmm. then it's also you don't have to pay the Sony Plus subscription to play it online. Right. So like I've been playing Blessed. It's a MMO action RPG, and because it's free to play, mm -hmm. you don't have to pay the subscription to do it. Um, See, that's smart. I, I, I know yeah. that I, I find it hard to believe that we are pretty well into online gaming and still there are so many free to plays that depending on your platform, you may have to uh, be using an online subscription service in order to actually play this free to play online. Well, a game like that, like Blessed, it wouldn't survive if you had to pay the Sony subscription, I think. Um, because it's a free-to-play MMO, and most players 
when they're, I think at least when they're especially lesser known free ones, mm -hmm. they're just going to check it out. Oh, absolutely. And if they don't have the, you know, $15 a month PlayStation Plus subscription, it's like, uh, nope, never mind, not worth it. Right. Right. Um, I don't even know what place I don't even know what games actually require PlayStation Plus because the ones I've played don't actually require to have the online element. So like near Automata, same thing. You can mm -hmm. encounter like the dead bodies, kind of like the um, Dark Souls to upgrade and stuff. Same thing. You don't need to have that. And I don't think games like Valorant need it. Um, basically the free to play action game or mm -hmm. Smite and those games. I don't think those require it either. Um, Dude, those would be dead in the water if if you had to pay something on top of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, they'd be successful in other platforms, but on the PlayStation 5 they, or 4, yeah. So, one, you know, what I, in the biggest <laughs> deal, you know, wasn't there like a couple of games that uh, that are free to play but required a Nintendo Switch Online uh, subscription? Wasn't there like uh, a deal like a couple months ago? I feel like I there was like a big game, there was like a uh, like a solid, you know, free to play game with microtransactions. Uh, mm -hmm. That's was uh, free, truly free on all the platforms, but the Switch because of some, because you had to have the uh, the the Switch online membership. That would not surprise me at all. Um, okay. That being said, uh, there's a couple other things that I got to hit on uh, for this Nintendo Direct. Which, dear God, there was so much information that got pumped out of this thing. Uh, now, this may just be for me, but I have to say it. They announced that there's going to be a new Mario Golf. And Ooh. I, to be honest with you, I really liked Mario Golf. I've, I've, I had it on um, GameCube, on DS, on, was it on the Wii? Yeah, it was on the Wii. And now, of course, it's going to be on the Switch. Uh, there will be um, the ability to have motion controls for those of you mm -hmm. who want to continue playing like you did uh, on the Wii. But of course, there'll be regular uh, gamepad controls as well. Um, but the coolest thing that was lacking in the Wii version, was there a Wii version? I feel like there was a Wii version, but I'm I'm doubting myself now. I know for a fact that in the, the game, or is it the DS version? Damn it. Okay. Anyways, there, there was a mode that was removed for one of the previous uh, iterations, and that was story mode. And they've added story mode back. Ooh. So what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to play as your me, and you can level up and challenge and interact with heroes and villains of the Mushroom Kingdom. And of course, if you feel like you've got your big boy pants on, you can take on individuals in multiplayer mode as well. However... I wonder if that multiplayer mode requires Nintendo online subscription. Now that sounds like a Charlie game to play to me. Oh yeah, I'm I'm all, I'm all over it. I'm all over it. June 25th for the Nintendo Switch sounds like a late birthday present to me. <laughs> hmm, isn't that convenient? Yes, very convenient. All right. Um, I have to say this. Uh, for all the people out there who've tuned into Alter Confusion, Thursday Night Hangouts, or anything Alter Confusion, you'll know that I have a big old soft spot for one independent developer out there, and that, of course, is Super Giant Games. Of course. During this Nintendo Direct, um, 
uh, event, they announced that they are doing, they are going to do a physical release of Hades. Uh, a physical so, release? Huh? Huh? What do they mean by physical release? Like you can you can actually get the box. It's not going to just be a a, a, a a digital download. You can I actually prefer vinyl. Oh, dude, that would be awesome too. But anyways, a they're... vinyl that hooks up to your um, switch somehow. <laughs> that would be awesome. No, Watch me how. Uh, March nineteenth, uh, they the physical copies of Hades will be released to stores around the world. And gosh darn it. Uh, Supergiant Games deserves it, and it's going to be very hard for me not to buy that, just because I tend to buy multiple copies of Supergiant Games because I like it so much. I've got and Hades on Huh? Well, did you see what else the physical edition comes with? No, what else comes with it? An art book. Sold! Uh, yeah. God dang. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Okay. So here's my question. Huh? All right. If you have the digital version and you have the physical copy. Yes. Is the save state for both of those identical or does it like basically create? Okay. No, no, no. It it just, it'll just give you the, it's the save file will be exactly the same. It's not like you bought, it's not like you're playing on the PC and now you're playing on the switch that, you know, you can't transfer that save file. Though it would be cool. But no, uh, no, no, it, it's the same safe file. All right. Nice. For those super duper hardcore Nintendo fans out there uh, who have been with the series through the Famicom, Famicom? I can never pronounce it right. Famicom? Anyways, basically what the Nintendo Entertainment System was before it was really the NES, uh, there were a series of games called Detective Club. Mm-hmm. Um the first game was released in 1988. The second game was released in 1989. They are going to bring both these titles. Uh, it's called The Missing Heir and The Girl Who Stands Behind uh, to the Switch May 14th. This apparently, I've never played these games, but what I've heard is that these are phenomenal, like murder mystery, challenging uh, games to use, uh, you know, uh, your skills, basically like an anime version of like Sherlock Holmes. Kind of. Okay. Yep. Uh, where you've got creepy amounts of drama and tons of suspects. You got to wade through the evidence. So May fourteenth, uh, the uh, Famicom Detective Club, uh, the missing heir, and the girl who stands behind will be released. I' gonna be totally honest with you. I don't know if I'll actually buy into this, but I'll definitely keep my eye on it uh, to see. You know, take a quick peek. Uh, to see if that game is up my alley. Um, because if you've been paying attention to the Ultra Confusion website or any of the social media means, I just finished uh, an investigation-esque type of game in Call of the Sea, which has a little bit of a Cthulhu twist thrown in there. And I don't know, I'm, I'm in more of like, you know, the, the action, mystery, solving, thriller type games right now. So this might actually end up being something that I truly tune into. Right up your alley. Yes. Also, my entire playthrough is available on YouTube. Nice. Just in case you were wondering. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I we are going to do uh, Friends of the Show real quick uh, because we have just a, 
uh, a little bit of a, a break that we could take before we hit the rest of the topics. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let us give some love and support to the friends of the show. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to http indiecluster.com. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to www.herochiropractic.com. Nurburger Games is the game design imprint of award-winning RPG designer Craig Campbell. Craig has done a whole bunch of RPG design freelancing in the past. Several years ago, he dove into designing his own RPG. Now, Nurburger Games has multiple RPGs and is showing no signs of stopping. Nurburger Games endeavors to create games that explore corners of the RPG landscape that haven't been explored, or haven't been explored very often. These games forego dense gaming mechanics in favor of a lighter rule set that allow players to focus on telling fun, engaging, memorable stories. After yet another successful Kickstarter, their library has increased in size. Currently, the games that at least Zelius and I have played are Capers, Die Laughing, Merzen Acquisitions, and of course, the soon-to-be-played Good Strong Hands. For more information, go to www.nerdburgergames.com. Battle & Brew is Atlanta's first and oldest gaming bar and restaurant. Opened in 2005, Battle & Brew had a very modest menu, a few beer taps, and focused heavily on gaming. Now, they have grown to encompass so much more. They pioneered geek trivia in Atlanta and remain the hardest trivia in town. They have upgraded the menu from only a few items to all your bar favorites, and some soon-to-be favorites. They've expanded the gaming and kept everything top of the line. They've taken a good place and made it a great place. A place where the staff listens to your desires and suggestions. A place where you and your friends feel like you're at home. A place where everyone knows your game. For more information about Battle and Brew, go to www.battleandbrew.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we truly get back into things, let's uh, do one quick shout out or a couple of quick shout outs for Alter Confusion because ah, it's the Alter Confusion show. So it'd feel weird if we didn't do shout outs. So, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to remind you that Alter Confusion is proud to say that we have been fundraising for Extra Life for 10 years straight. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best gaming to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. This money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to our hospital choice, Children's Healthcare Atlanta, as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to assure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. Uh, this is an organization and an opportunity that we have 
uh, love to be part of, like I said, for 10 straight years. So if you have the ability, please go over to extra-life.org uh, and search on, I believe, Alter Confusion. Right? Can you do it by that or do you have to do it by my name? Uh, I've searched. I don't know. I have it bookmarked. <laughs> okay, well, anyways, uh, go over there. If, if you if it gets a little tricky, you, of course, could go to www.alterconfusion.com. It's in one of the bars below there. Or if you're watching this on Twitch, uh, it's in one of the the uh, the navigation bar below it. Or basically, if you go to any of our social media means, you could probably find one of our extra life posts and just, uh, you know. So searching for Alt Confusion or Charlie Hawkins goes to the same link. Sweet. All right. So uh, a little extra personal love on that, of course, is Alter Confusion has a Patreon. Patreon uh, helps Alter Confusion to survive through the love and support of fans like you. Uh, the It lets us... Be, oh my gosh. Patreon lets you, the fan supporters, become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight in our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Currently, Alter Confusion has two tiers of subscription. One is a dollar a month, so that would be $12 a year. And the other one is the $5 a month, which would be $60 a year. Uh, the $1 will give you early access to all the uh, playthrough videos and and some more stuff uh, that's coming down the pipeline. Uh, and of course, you will be able to take part in member-only polls to help kind of guide Alter Confusions and uh, certain uh, gameplay um, videos and other stuff. Uh, now, if you do the $5 one, which is $60 a year, you get to be added into the uh, shout-out section for our Thursday night hangouts. And of course, uh, you get the same th get the same benefits as the one dollar level. Now, I know that I did a apology video a couple weeks ago, and I promised that I would do better about picking up stuff. If you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, supporters, lovers, uh, fans of Alter Confusion, want to send a physical something to Alter Confusion, be it a Funko Pop or a T-shirt or a hat or a mug or things within the realm of, um acceptability uh, hell just send something and if if we could show it we'll show it to you on the show how about that and we'll do unboxings but if you want to send something to ultra confusion all you gotta do is mail uh hit us up on the mailbox by going one five five one dunwoody that's d-u-n-w-o-o-d-y village parkway super duper important part here number Eight eight two seven six. Without this number, it does not go to the PO box. It goes to the uh, the post office proper, and it will be returned to you. So remember, number eight eight two seven six. The city is Dunwoody. Once again, D U N W O O D Y, Georgia three zero three three eight. And I plan to go there every single Saturday to check to make sure that if there's a package there, that it gets picked up. Is there a way to get like a notification or like ask like, hey, do I have anything? Or do you just have to find out yourself? You have to find out yourself. Well, that's unfortunate. Or or I can have someone check for me physically. So I can just send Zelius to the P.O. box every day. Like, Is there anything there? Is there anything there? Is there anything here? Yeah, that'd go over and real well. Every An everyday check? That sounds like the life to me. Yeah. 
Well, that's part of the art. For those of you who don't know, um, because of COVID, I was very hesitant about going to the post office. And I unfortunately allowed mail and packages to uh, build up. What I didn't know is that the the post office only holds a package for so long before returning to sender. And so what ended up happening is quite a few packages were returned to sender. And I hope, I pray that those individuals out there who did send something physical actually got their money back or got their package back. If that's not the case, just hit me up. We'll try to work something out. Um, but I felt like shit. I still feel like shit for letting that happen. I just, I didn't know that that's what the post office was going to do during a pandemic. Who knew the pandemic just screws everything up? Yeah. Anyways. All right. So back to these stories. And I know this one is uh, really close to uh, Zelius's heart. And that, of course, is that. I have a heart? Yes. It's very small. It requires a, a very high-powered microscope. But um, the game that Zelius just has to have has unfortunately been delayed again. Ladies and gentlemen, Amazon's MMO New World is now set to launch in August with a closed beta for pre-orders in July. It keeps getting delayed and delayed. But here's the question, though. After we yes. saw the epicness that was cyberpunk 2077 mm-hmm. is this a case of amazon being like whoa let's hold the boat let's make sure that we actually release a product that is actually playable and not buggy or is it a case of they're never going to complete the game and it's just going to be terrible no matter what it is okay so Choosing uh, choosing Cyberpunk 2077 as as an example is probably beyond spot on. Um, Cyberpunk 2077, of course, was hit with massive delays. And then at, at some point, they, they had this magical date of going, we're going live. And of course, yeah. shit continuously hit the fan after that. New World, from Am- the Amazon's uh, big MMO, has of course been uh, postponed again and again and again. Originally targeted to be released May 2020. We're now looking at what did I say? August yep. 2021. Okay, so that's a year, which is kind of you know in the Cyberpunk 2077 vein. But this is going to be online only versus mm-hmm. Cyberpunk, which was more of a first person. You know, it's more of a single player. So the yep. question I have for you, Zelius, and for the audience, is given the fact that this is going to be an MMO and there's going to be constant player interaction, do you think that it could recover faster because you have to constantly be updating and patching an online game? Could it recover faster from what Cyberpunk 2077 did uh, right off the bat? Um, Potentially, but my experience with MMOs, if they come out of the gate, it's uh, that initial launch has to be successful with MMOs. Meaning when it comes out, you kind of have that first week to month to really grab those players mm-hmm. to get into your game. Mm-hmm. And if it's an epic fail, you basically have two choices. Either A, it's going to continue to maybe tread water and not be successful, or you have to pull like a Final Fantasy fourteen and basically remake it. Um, or actually what I'm playing is blessed, I forgot to call it now, Unleashed, where it was actually released like a year ago, Mm -hmm. was terrible, and basically it's like a re-release. Very similar, but just lots of improvements. Um, 
Isn't that what they did with their other game? Isn't that what they did with Crucible? They're, they're, that was, yes. Yeah. Well, yes. Amazon, you mean, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, you played, I think you, because you actually played Crucible, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, it was okay. <laughs> well, I feel like Crucible was more of a trying to jump into the, the whole, Overwatch. like, the whole Battle Royale, Overwatch, et cetera, genres, mm-hmm. um, versus, I mean, it's been under production, New World for, I mean, that's like their that was like the first announcement from a game studio. Yep. Um, so that's been around forever. It was so, announced back at TwitchCon 2016. Yeah. So that I feel like is more, they're actually kind of putting their eggs into that basket. So I don't know, but like a lot of games, um, if it comes out and it's an epic fail at launch, mm-hmm. it's just super hard to recover. Of course, the one advantage that Amazon has going forward is they can pour insane amount of resources into the game and that's like 0.0001% of their actual like costly yearly cost of Amazon okay, expenditures. We're, we're talking about the same company that is basically oh god I'm, we're probably going to get slammed for this but you're talking about the same company who won't just you know foot the bill to cover everyone uh all streamers uh hopefully vast majority accidental DMCA issues. Oh no, you can't play this. So Okay, that's a fair point. <laughs> uh, two different divisions? That we got to hope. I don't know. Uh now th- so how about this? And I I think I already know your answer, but I'm gonna ask you anyways. Okay, so let's say that they do get close to the uh the launch of in August. Um they do a closed beta that starts in July. If shit hits the fan while the closed beta is still happening. Do you think that they'd be, how long do you think they'd be able to push for the actual release uh, with, you know, with people already kind of like moving around in that atmosphere? Honestly, I feel like they could push it out indefinitely and nobody would really care. Um, Wouldn't the closed beta people do? Well, I mean, I'm not, I don't really care about the closed beta people. I'm just talking about as far as the actual gold launch to push that basically as far as Amazon wants. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like the most of the gamer is going to actually care about how far out is a video game launch pushed. Um, I just don't really think that matters much as far as, and I feel like that was, I mean, obviously Cyberpunk had a lot of issues, mm-hmm. but it's like, I don't, people, if a game is really good, I don't really think it matters if you meet your launch date. You can just continue to push it back and back. I mean, I know, of course, the it, the problem with that is it costs your company money because yep. um, you don't have the income from your shiny new game and you're continuing to pour resources into it is obviously an issue. Yep. But at the same time, somebody like Amazon, you have those resources. Weird thing. Well, not weird. Just things aside, like they won't spend money on certain things, even though they should. Um so yeah, it's. I would hope that they release it in a actual playable state, and we'll see. I've I've read pretty much nothing about the game because there's not really a whole lot of information on it as far as what is it. It's I guess like a survival building type of MMO more than I don't know. I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you a little bit about New World. Uh, New World boasts a fifty-on-fifty siege-style combat set in a fictional. Uh, fi- 
fictionalized continent resembling the one conquered by European explorers in the 1500s and 1600s. Um, they, of course, have already come out of the way and say it's not going to be historical pre presentation. There are going to be supernatural and non-human forces uh, there. There's going to be player factions, uh, you know, rather than nationalities. So they are... That, besides that, that's all they're giving. Um, but going back to uh, when they first announced this uh, back in TwitchCon 2016, they actually announced uh, New World and then two other games. One of them, of course, being Crucible, um, which was that, I guess, Overwatch clone-esque thing. And then there was another one that was going to be a multiplayer uh, brawler called Breakaway, which has already been canceled. Um, I didn't even hear. I don't remember anything about that game. Yeah, that one got canned pretty fast. Oh, well. Um, but anyways, I it'll be very interesting to see. First of all, fifty on fifty siege style combat could be pretty cool. Could be pretty cool, but could be terrible as well. I mean, other MMOs have done it, and it's worked out well. Um, not that it's easy to do. Obviously, obviously, you have to do something right. Um, yep. I mean, I th you've seen that other MMOs with successful large-scale PvP. Um, the question is, obviously, are you going to screw it up? Right. Absolutely. Will um, the world actually work? So for me, personally, if this thing were to go into closed beta, uh, I personally think that uh, you... I wouldn't say you'd be able to push it back indefinitely. I think that there would be a, a point where if you can't figure out what's wrong... And you've had these individuals in closed beta for three or four months, and stuff still doesn't feel right. Then I think you you're you're not going to release it. So you think it comes to a point where the game is basically too far past saving? Yes. Yeah. And that, I can see that, that unfortunately is that that's the reality with certain games. I mean, hopefully, you know, if if that is the case where the game is beyond saving, or it may require a Final Fantasy fourteen kind of, you know, uh, reborn, rebirth uh, type of thing, you know, where we had a lot of good elements, but the whole thing just kind of sucked balls. That I could see, you know, but I don't think that you could, once you have people playing around in your world, you either are going to have to release it as is, or... You could pull a was it Star Wars Galaxy and piss off everyone by uh, by changing all of the mechanics in there and have the vast majority of the Star Wars Galaxy uh, fan base go to uh, uh, what do you call it um, hidden servers. Uh, mm. Where where people basically reverse engineered the game before this patch, so they could actually play the game they love and not the game that got shut out. Well, the interesting thing too is the game is only available on PC, right? Which nowadays in the world of easier ports to particularly the PS and the Xbox, um, it's a bold choice because even most MMOs, probably Eve aside, because I don't think Eve is on the consoles, correct? Fuck if I know. I don't think it is. But I mean, think about it. pretty much every MMO that's, except for World of Warcraft, that's obviously another exception. Yep. Um, but most MMOs, especially because they're all 
not all, but mostly of like the action oriented genre nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty much on all the consoles or at least more than just the PC. Cause of course, when it's all the PC, you're limiting your user base. Right. Uh, so, okay. So, so you, you do bring up a valid point. Now my, the, the question that I have uh, is there are definitely MMOs out there who, who have, whose games exist on different platforms. But the question then boils down to cross-platform or your platform determines who you're going to be playing with. Like if you're on PC, you're only playing with PC people, even if there's like PlayStation and Xbox people. Well, I think that partly depends A, on the game and B, on the actual um, console manufacturer. Mm Because Sony's the one who's notoriously closed-walled. Yep. Final Fantasy fourteen aside, that's an exception. Final Fantasy eleven uh, as well, right? I'm trying I, to think. Never, I never played eleven. I played eleven for just a little bit, and then I was like, "Oh god damn it!" I I played WoW before eleven, and I got so spoiled, and I uh, spent like, however, I, I I like did two or three months, and I got so frustrated because like, who the hell has a quest for me? Just tell me, because you don't get the icons. It's it's um. You just have to talk to people. It's more uh, uh, Evercrack, uh, EverQuest style. Well, of course, the other big one, the, I should say, most recent really big one is mm-hmm. um, Gershon Impact. Yep. The one that's taken the world by storm. And that is cross-platform across the PlayStations, the PCs, the Androids, and the iOSs. Is, is that um, on uh, 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 Switch? Not yet. It, it is coming to Switch. I know that at some point. Oh, damn. I thought that um, was the one that, that the Nintendo Online thing was. I could see that being super successful on the Switch. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. um, that's the perfect like mobile gotcha action game. Yeah. Um, but with that, so you can do cross-platform between the PC and the Android, but you have to tie your Gershwin account to your um, uh. PSN account. So you can it's cross-platform, so you can play on the PlayStation with people on other platforms, mm-hmm. but it's cr- it's cloud-saved on other platforms except for PSN. So that's where sometimes it gets a little bit like, huh? Wait, what? Okay, so if you're playing Gershwin Impact on the PlayStation, yep. Yep. your save for PlayStation Network only works with PlayStation. Okay. But you can still play with people on other devices so people on pc and ios are still on your server Mm -hmm. but if you play on the pc that's a cloud save they can then also play with your um ios account interesting so that's cross save platform on those that is Um, stupid that playstation whatever well that's that's (sighs) sony i know oh i know i know i know i know um but i'm interested i mean there's still a i mean the MMO market is still, it will be alive and well. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely a market out there for a large, popular, successful MMO um, if it can be um, New World. I think the careful thing with New World, though, is there's so many MMOs and free to play ones out there where, like I said, I think you really kind of have to hit out of the park. Absolutely. Um, otherwise, it's going to be like Crucible. <laughs> Yes, I agree. Uh, I think that... Um, now, here's another question. Yes. Let's say New World does not succeed. Mm-hmm. Would that be the end of Amazon Game Studios? Since they... Ha- 
as long as their their service was it called Luna mm. is a, a potential potentially a thing, they'll keep the studio. If they okay. fail on uh, Crucible part or version two and New World version one through A through <laughs> Z or whatever, and then Luna goes under, then hell no, no, no. They they I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to. Um, Ultimately, I think they're going to try to put their own stuff on on their own platform, uh, but they want to get you know some some buzz going with the games that they have out there. But if they fail to do that, you know, and of course, the the unfortunately the biggest factor for Luna and a lot of these uh, cloud streaming uh, gaming platforms like Google Stadia and, and and whatnot is is the ISPs. Um, and I was talking, oh damn, who was I talking to? I was talking to a family member the other day, and they're actually, that's right, it was, it's, uh, I was talking to one of my family members the other day, and they have, like, the the tier below what I have in terms mm-hmm. of uh, internet through Xfinity, yep. uh, and they're having to pay overages every single month because they stream stuff on their tablets and their TVs because they've got ah. YouTube TV and they also do, you know, videos on their tablets and stuff. And they're actually going above the cap. Wow. Every single month. And that's going to continue to happen. And it's just going to get um, worse. <sighs> Unfortunately. Yeah. It's going to continue to get worse. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just... I don't know if the Stadia and Luna are going to take off in the end. Um, mainly, well, you are, you've already seen the, the Stadia, the Google's already ter- uh, closed their, their um, you know, their internal first studio. part, yeah, internal studio, which apparently broadside, blindsided a bunch of people that actually worked in that. I saw um, that article, yeah. Um, and uh, a lot of people say that the the true thing to blame was the uh, the Bethesda merger, that mm. kind of killed a bunch of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you right now, it's not a good time to have a brand new service that's heavily reliant on ISP. Well, the problem is is any indication that the status quo for ISPs is going to change. Right. Um, I mean, there's no incentive for the ISPs to all of a sudden be like, you know what? We're going to give up our monopoly. That's a great idea, guys. Um, it'll, t- it'll take a true disruption to the service. Like, hypothetically speaking, the um, the Starlink from um, SpaceX takes off. Yep. Um, I think that's what it'll actually take is either 5G, which has its own issues, Yep. Um, coming into your house or the Starlink, like it has to be, that's what Google actually ended up looking at when Google fiber, when they realized truly how exorbitant the pull to pull price was, mm-hmm. that's when they tried actually doing basically the air fiber to actually transmit and do that. Right. That obviously had its own cost prohibitive issues, but I think that's where the future of these services are would potentially be using the airwaves because you can actually disrupt the ISPs. That's really the only way of doing it. I mean, even um, you've seen where local municipalities have tried doing their own local ISPs because what's offered by, I'm just throwing on Comcast because that's one of the incumbents is so shitty. Yep. The municipality is like, hey, let's create our own, charge what it costs. We're not making a profit, but we're really offering a great service. Mm-hmm. 10 times out of nine, it's better than the 
private firm, but then the Comcast goes crying to the state legislator and ends up getting laws passed, basically prohibiting the municipality from doing that, even though it's not like they're doing at a cost loss. They're just right. doing it as a service because it that's what it be. is. Yes. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, okay. Yep. Um, okay. I'm, I'm going to jump on my soapbox real quick and then we'll jump off. I promise. I oh, hope. Mm. Okay. Mm. The Zealius is absolutely 100% correct. In order to change the, the way that ISPs treat us, uh, something big has to happen. Um, you know, it's basically the best way I could put it is um, Blockbuster was the way to get videos. You know, you had all these Blockbusters everywhere. And then Netflix came along and you could get your stuff to you. You could get the discs and whatever sent to you. You don't have to go anywhere. And then it's streaming where you don't you don't even have to wait for discs, which might be scratched. That, of course, changed movie viewing habits, home movie viewing habits. So something on that scale has to happen in the ISP, Internet Service Provider, space in order to do that. Zealus is right also that there is, you know, of course, you got uh, SpaceX, uh, was it Starlink, uh, which no one knows truly when that will happen. Uh, you can... You can lock in for a, a um, was it $99 just to lock in, and then the equipment costs about 500 bucks. Yep. Uh, and, of course, they don't know when the service will be available. Uh, but you could go that route. Of course, you go the 5G route where all these different uh, cell phone companies, which <clears throat> are owned by a lot of the ISPs, mm. <clears throat> are uh, giving you options where you could just 5G it. And, of course, the, the big problem is if my cell phone doesn't get good reception, in my basement where I have mm. my gaming rig, mm-hmm. there's not going to be, it's not going to help to go to 5G wireless network using those cell phone towers. Well, uh, the problem, so to make life even more confusing, you basically have two different 5Gs. Yep. You have the 5G, which most people have, but then you have, I forget what the new 5G is called. And basically 5G works for a extremely small area. Um, We've well, got I the LGE and then the the five G, right? I I can't remember the acronyms anymore, because um, they had to keep the same five G nomenclature because that's smart. Um, at least like Wi Fi in the house started going to like Wi Fi six instead of like we must remember which eight hundred two dot eleven random numbers after it is the correct protocol. Um, but yeah, it's whatever the 5G that's actually could replace your ISP in terms of latency and speed. They almost have to like install the box at your house. Um, I think you saw it was like in Houston, where basically the city allowed for um, Verizon to do that without, and basically, so Verizon can go into like any house yard and install their hunking box, and there's not a thing you can do about it. Ultra and that's for the. What's that? The the new one is ultra wideband. Yeah, and so that's for the true. That's the wideband five G. But that's yep. why they're having to installing, basically in people's front yards, is because that's the only way that they'll actually be fast enough to be what we want from the wide. Like you'll never get that in rural. Uh, no, because it's really for only densely populated areas. Um, and of course, the other issue is the higher the frequency you get, the harder it is to go through walls. Um, so you might think yep. like, oh, great for apartment complexes. In theory, yep. would we have all those walls to go through? So how is well is it going to work in that situation? So 
The other thing is if you're working in an apartment complex or just a building in general, the amount of connections hitting that thing sure. will also beat the crap out of it. Yeah, yep. then you're going. You, if you've ever, if you ever lived in an apartment or or you know a townhouse complex, you may have seen this box on the side of the building that has a shit ton of like coax going in to a <laughs> bunch of different places. That, my friends, is the switch. And the more connections there are on there, the more it's going to get hit. And the more it gets yep. hit, the shittier your internet's going to get. That's why at our school, we finally went to dedicated fiber. Because we were seeing the effects of that. Because even business class coax is still mm -hmm. sharing coax with the local knock yep. and all your neighbors. Yep, because it's, um, it's got to go all through the same uh, switch. Yep, and so we definitely saw some service degradations. Um, so that's where we eventually switched over fiber because then you actually have a dedicated circuit once you're on the fiber. Yes, the fiber. The fiber shall rule us so, all. Anyways, um, what needs to happen is some crazy big change, and it wouldn't hurt to actually have someone on the FCC, uh, ch uh, the, the president of the FCC, to actually be not in one of the ISP's pockets whoa, receiving a whoa, paycheck. Whoa. What, what kind of government action are you talking about now? Capitalism 101? Isn't that the whole point of being on the board that you can be in somebody's pocket so then you can leave and go work for that same company no, no, who no. you're supposed to be you... actually controlling? No, no, no. You, so you work for a company, a big, you know, get a big paycheck for one of the ISPs, and they're like, oh, there's a new position open. You go like, oh, well, I am no longer uh, active in this one, but I know a lot about ISPs. So you jump on there and you keep getting your... Um, what do you call it? Um, uh, oh, God dang it. What's, what's it called? Um, benefits? No, uh, company board uh, benefits. Stock options? Yeah, basically. Yeah, I know what you're saying, yeah. Uh, I'm not an active employee. However, I am on the board of directors. That's it, board of directors. Mm, but I'm not true? making day-to-day -day decisions. Mm -hmm. I'm just benefiting uh, amazingly well over the fact that my company, or sorry, the company that I uh, like to support is making so much money that the dividends coming back to me is phenomenal. Um, I love my dividends. I love dividends. So yeah, um, shit's gonna change. Uh, and this is coming from someone who was in telecom for six years. So I know, I know some of the dark secrets. You know too much. Yes, I do know too much. Uh, but that's besides the point. All right, so uh, I've got one more thing for us since we're getting kind of close to the end here. And the question I have that was given to me uh, by someone on another Discord server, what is the oldest console you still have either connected to your TV or that you could have access to? Uh, for me, it would be the Xbox 360. Who got you I, that? I don't know. Some strange people from the Atlanta area when I moved up to the frozen tundra of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. um, it was fun. I really enjoyed the Xbox 360. Same it was here. a good console. And I never got the Red Ring of Death. You bastard. I thought Did that I, I thought that I had somehow like uh like circumnavigated it and then I got hit with it at random. Oh, ooh. Yeah, so I had to do the turnout and then 
like soon after I got the replacement, I went and had and got the elite. Ah. So, but for me, um, I guess console wise, I think the hell I, I I've got the original Nintendo pretty accessible. Um, I could get the the original Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, the Wii, uh, original Xbox. Uh, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, Xbox One. I guess it'd be easier for me to tell you what I don't have. Uh, I don't have any of the Segas. I don't have any of the Ataris. I don't have the 3DOs. Um, I do not have my Nintendo 64. Neo Geo! Yeah, man, Neo Geo. Uh, I do not have my 64. I think I lent it out to my sister. Uh, Mm. So that's where that is. My... I do not have an original PlayStation. However, I have a PlayStation 2. Of course, I have a PlayStation 2, and I have a PlayStation 3 with hardware emulation, so I could play PlayStation 1 games on that. Um, but the place, the reason why I don't have a PlayStation 1 is because I tried to solder on a mod chip, and I actually put the soldering iron right into the board. Um, you have the PS4 or just the PS3? Three. Ah. Um, I have all the Xboxes. Uh, um, we're talking consoles. I have a game you have to play. Oh boy! It is called Hellblade: Sinos Sacrifice. It's basically a um psychedelic type of game that mm-hmm. brings you through the psychosis of a Viking. Oh, fantastic! I will um, I will that, store it over here. When I was playing it, I'm like, this seems like a Charlie game. You know that. that... Hmm, interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I, so at one point I owned a PlayStation one, uh, at one point I owned a Nintendo 64. I think the really, the one thing that I, I never owned was, uh, the Wii U cause I thought it was pointless. Mm. The only I time I never got a Wii U. the only time, the only thing that would have made me think about getting a Wii U is if you were allowed to have a more than one Wii board, like four Wii boards. And you could do, and I know I've said this a million times, but if you could have done Legend of the Four Swords on four Wii boards, I would have been in. I would have bought all that shit in a heartbeat. But it never happened. I have the original Windows CE phone. That's probably my oldest, like, usable electronic device I have from, like, a modern world. I'm not counting, like, a clock, because that doesn't count. No, okay, let me think about this. I've got a Palm Pilot. Yeah. Oh, I've got. I definitely have a BlackBerry somewhere. I have somewhere in this house. There is a phone that I don't. Of course, probably won't hold a charge. But that phone has Major League Baseball 08. Nice. <laughs> so that I can relive the glory days. Ah, uh, keep it. You should have that framed. I wish I could. Box. I wish I could, but unfortunately, because of the contract that we signed, um, no one will ever know. Unless, of course, you reverse engineer the code, then you'll see my name everywhere. Oh, that's the last thing I need to see. I know. Wait, um, yes. Uh, real quick, I know I uh, we I know Zealus has like you know plans to go to bed in like two seconds, but um, I I am really sad. Uh, I missed out big time on um, on an event that happened on Legend of Ruterra. Mm. Uh, it was the uh, Lunar New Year Festival, Ooh. and I got 
you know, I of course got sick and the days kind of got away from me. And so I didn't get uh, to do like any of the cool stuff. So I didn't, I missed out on a bunch of like, uh, you know, special limited edition crap. However, I did play Legends of Ruterra Tuesday night for those of you who tuned in. And I had one of the best matches of my life where literally it went down to the wire. I mean, it was like a, it's basically a, a, a half court, no, a full court shot at the buzzer to win the damn game. So I saw on my Reddit feed randomly, it was a Legend mm -hmm. of Rotera with the new cards. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I feel like it's becoming like magic. Where like when I first played Legend of Rotera, it's pretty straightforward, right? Yep. And now it's like all these like words and nomenclatures where I'm like, I don't even know what's going on with the game. Well, there, there's definitely some there's some added complexity to it. I think that, uh, a lot of people found, um, uh, I think I'll, I'll, quite a few people out there kind of got bored of, of things because there, there was only so many strategies. Now they've got so many freaking different things. You're just like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, and of course that allows for, for different decks to be built. And, uh, believe me, I'm still like, you know, I've jumped back into the Legend of Ruterra and there's still certain uh, keywords and and attributes and stuff that I have no idea what the hell that means. The biggest of course, one, of nice thing is hmm? with the PC, though, you could just hover over that keyword. It'll yes. tell you what it is, though, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's huge. That was the problem with like now with magic. It's like, wait, let me go back to the rule book. No. OK, so uh, you. Speaking of which, you know, when you're on the PC, you can hover over it and it'll give you the information. The the Pokemon uh, uh, Pokemon collectible card game for the PC, which of course is free to play, um, hmm. hovering over it is not really going to help because it's still a fucking novel to read, uh. so you can understand what the hell's going on. It's not. <laughs> it is very poorly done. It's like. You, you you put, you know, of course, you, you put your cursor over the card and it, of course, zooms in. But it's like, I wish that it had like a times three zoom so I could actually read all this stuff. Or maybe just have someone read it to me because, my God, it's wordy. Hmm. Interesting. But anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I believe we've reached the end of our show. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure giving you everything from our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world! Amen to that, brother. <laughs>